Last week, David spoke about the search for hope in a world where darkness and despair seem to hold sway. We could say the same about peace. When you think about the world, the number of wars and conflicts that engulf different parts of the world. Closer to home, we know family situations where there is discord and the prominence given to family violence and abusive relationships makes us realise the need to instil peace. Some churches sadly experience conflict and division. And then if we look at our own inner life, we all have times where anxiety and stress can threaten to overwhelm us. The outcomes of the National Life Church survey last year, which was particularly on issues of mental health, indicate that over the last three years in Australia, the number of Australians experiencing a mental or behavioural condition has increased by over one million people to over four million Australians suffering some kind of mental health problem. That's about one in five people. And then in the leaders' survey that they did, mental health issues were the second most common area of pastoral need in the community. It's a big issue in our society. These figures were on the website of the Australian Institute of Family Counselling. It's, it's interesting that it's an organisation that has, is now partnering with our own at Stirling Theological College to deliver courses in counselling, specifically to address this growing need in Australian society. Well, is peace elusive? Someone wrote, I don't think we're supposed to arrive at Christmas as if we were on a roller coaster making a downhill descent, sliding into the 25th of December with a screeching halt. It's not meant to be like that. Another comment, I feel like there is a committee inside of me that is constantly quarrelling. Do you ever have that with voices going on, uh, arguing inside yourself? Well, with this in mind, what are, we, uh, what are we to make of the prophecy that we heard from the book of Isaiah about the coming Messiah whom God would send to his people Israel? In those words, a child is born to us a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders. His name will be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. God's promise is that with this Messiah there will be endless peace. If there is something that the world needs today, it is a Prince of Peace. Hundreds of years later, after this prophetic word, shepherds in a field outside Bethlehem heard from an angel about the fulfilment of the prophecy of the Messiah coming. The Saviour, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born tonight in the city of Bethlehem, the city of David. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to all on whom his favour rests. Bethlehem, the city of David, 
It actually means house of bread, birthplace of Jesus, the Prince of Peace. I want you to keep those words of peace in mind as you see some photos that I took of Bethlehem some years ago when Apple and I visited. So, um, Steve, if you could put those, those up. So the shepherds in the fields outside Bethlehem, they're still there. Not the same shepherds and not the same sheep. But there is a wall there that separates uh, Palestinians from the rest of Israel. The West Bank Wall. It divides and separates. And we think of that beautiful line in the Christmas carol, bless all the dear children in your tender care. And there are children growing up in Bethlehem that need that peace that Jesus gives. And we remember the words, glory to God and on earth peace. The angel that spoke that to the shepherds, what would that angel be thinking about this place of Bethlehem today? And we remember this prophecy, the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. Zechariah said those words about uh, John. And the church of the nativity is built on the site where they think Jesus might have been born. We're in... um, in the Holy Land of Israel, there are, uh, wherever there is supposed to be something sacred, there is a, a church or, or some sign of that. But an interesting thing about the Church of the Nativity is that, in the next slide, Stephen, please, you have to crouch you to get into that church. You enter through the door of humility. And there's Bethlehem today. So keep that in mind as we continue to think about peace and the the promise that was given on Jesus' birth. That prophecy is still waiting to be fulfilled. We don't have universal peace. Yet this is what God desires for the world. That's what he said through the words of the angel to the shepherds. He wants peace and goodwill to be established for all, for each one of us and for the whole world. So what do we do about this on a global scale where there are so many conflicts? And what do we do about it when we don't go through a whole week, do we, without feeling some anxiety and stress? Or am I the only one in in, in this auditorium that uh, experiences anxiety and stress? How do we approach the desire for inner peace? that can then be shared through the world. Well, the first thing is that we have have to understand who Christ is and what he has done. Peace is a right relationship with God. And we cannot make it a right relationship because it is not a human achievement. God has already done that. Various Bible passages echo this. Now, Paul, writing as a Jewish person, said, For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He made peace between the Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from the two groups. Together as one body, 
Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross and our hostility toward each other was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away for him and peace to the Jews who were near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. And that is a fact that we remember each week in communion. Christ is our peace. Our differences are put to death in him. There is a oneness that brings all believers together in a spirit of unity. And he made reconciliation possible in every level of life. A picture of this, or a symbol of it, is the dismantling of the Berlin Wall, which had cut off East Germany from West Germany. Families and friends were separated for a whole generation by that wall, and the East German guards patrolled the wall to prevent people crossing from the West to the East. But on November the 9th, 1989, the East German government announced that East Berliners could pass through the wall to visit people in the West. There was celebration and before long the governments of both East and West Germany dismantled that wall completely, leading to the reunification of Germany in 1990. Former enemies embraced one another in a spirit of unity. Now, that is just a small glimpse of the magnitude of who Christ is and what he has done. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we have a responsibility of reconciling people to God. And if you fulfil that, there is this beautiful affirmation. How beautiful are the feet of the messenger who brings good news. The good news of peace and salvation. The news that the God of Israel reigns. I ask you this morning, are you a messenger of the good news of peace? Now, in terms of our bodies, we're not likely to think that our feet are the most beautiful part of our body, do we? I mean, we can go and get pedicures and manicures and go to the podiatrist and look after our feet, but they're usually covered up except in summer. But we don't regard our feet usually as being beautiful. But there in Scripture, anyone who carries the message of the good news of peace and salvation has beautiful feet because we have to walk to carry it, to go somewhere and carry it. Christ is the source of peace, the initiator of peace and the giver of peace. We sing about that every Christmas in the carol Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the Newborn King, Peace on Earth and Mercy Mild, what's the next line? God and Sinners reconciled. That's peace. Coming together 
in a right relationship with God. So the first thing to understand peace uh, and, and to experience peace is that we have to understand who Christ is as the giver of peace and what he has done on the cross in uniting people in faith in him. Well, the second thing that we have to do if we're going to experience peace is to receive the gift of peace. I think we too quickly forget that what the angels told the shepherds is exactly what God wants for us and what he wants for the world. We tend to remember what the angels said about the birth of Jesus, but then they said, peace and goodwill to all people on the earth. It is what he gave the world in Jesus and what he wants to give us now. And because it comes from God, this peace can see us through all the hardships we will encounter in life. And Roger witnessed to that in what he said this morning. And I'm going to repeat the words that... uh, Ian used in his communion. I love this when bits of the service uh, uh, echoed without any planning on, on people's part. It's where the Holy Spirit is at work. So God must want us to pay attention to this verse today. Jesus' last words were ones of comfort. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. How many people would love to have that peace of mind and heart? You'll meet them through the week. I'm sure we all have times in our life when we don't have peace of mind and heart, when anxiety takes over, when our minds are stressed and our souls scattered. And it can be about the big things in life and it can be about the little things you know, during the week, this, this was a crazy situation. We've had a very full week in our household, in our family life. But at midnight, I, ha- I happened to be up late, I looked at the Christmas tree, which was empty, and I thought it needs to be decorated. So I got out the decorations and started decorating the Christmas tree at midnight, getting more and more stressed. Until I stopped, I thought, this is ridiculous. This is not what Christmas is about. So there's my confession about how something superficial can take over our, our minds, our lives. So I encourage you this Christmas, just focus on what's important. Well, the Christmas tree did get decorated by a granddaughter, so that was lovely. And she did much more beautifully than I would have. You know, perhaps when Jesus said those words to the disciples, they remembered their experience in the boat with Jesus They were on the Sea of Galilee, which can quickly, a storm can quickly whip up there because of where it's situated. And uh, there they were, experienced fishermen, terrified by this storm, and Jesus was asleep in the boat. Well, they decided that this was no good. They woke him up. Jesus spoke to the winds and the waves and to the disciples in these words, peace, be still. And the natural storm ceased and the storm inside the disciples' heart ceased. Jesus had authority over the natural powers and he has authority over all spiritual powers. 
He has authority over all the anxiety that threatens our security. Paul gives advice about how we have access to God's peace and receive it in Philippians 4 verses 6 and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your minds and your hearts as you live in Christ Jesus. According to data released by Amazon, that passage is the most popular passage highlighted in Kindle e-books. Isn't that interesting? That passage is the most highlighted passage in Kindle e-books about reducing anxiety and finding trust in God. So it shows how this is a worldwide search for peace. But in that passage, note the link between praying about what you are worried about and being thankful. Pray and give thanks. And I encourage you to try that. I've been trying it myself. That every time you pray about the anxiety or stress that you carry, find something in your day that you can be thankful for. I encourage you to try it. Pray about it then find something to give thanks for. Then you will experience God's peace. And we have to live into that peace by faith in Christ and by being grounded in our union with him. Otherwise, it's like receiving a gift at Christmas and never unwrapping it. So unwrap the gift of peace. And the third way and the last way of experiencing peace and coming to understand it is to actually be a peacemaker because peace is not passive. I think you said something like that, didn't you, Ian? There is an active component in peace. There's a wonderful aspect to the shepherds in the Christmas story. We see them featured in pictures. They're either terrified with their sheep as the angels are there or they're standing to the side in a nativity picture. But what did they do when they received the news of Jesus' birth? They responded with action. Come on, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this wonderful thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they ran to Bethlehem. They saw the baby and then they returned to their work of sheep herding glorifying and praising God for what the angels had told them and because they had seen the child just as the angel had said. How remarkable that this news first came to these shepherds. The lowest of lowest classes in Israel society. We have to participate in an active way if we are to experience peace. Remember Jesus' words in the Beatitudes, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Or in another translation, blessed are those who work for peace. Peacemaking tries to build bridges between people. But there's another important directive that comes in Romans 12 verse 18. 
if possible, so far as it depends upon you, live peaceably with all. I want you to remember that because you'll say, well, that's all right to talk about peace. I tried peace in an argument I had with my sister or someone and it didn't work. So remember, if possible, so far as it depends upon you, live peaceably with all. If you do what you can in a relationship, that's all you can do and trust it to God. Sometimes it takes years for family disputes or other relationships to be resolved. But you do what you can as a peacemaker. You can't make anybody else come to that table of reconciliation. We are encouraged to be proactive, to embody the peace we have found. Christ's kingdom is a kingdom of peace. It's not a passive state but an active state of right living and justice. And while we wait for the coming of Jesus again, when God's promise of universal peace will be ultimately fulfilled, we are called to live into that as people of peace. It's like bringing the peace that will be there when Jesus comes again into our present situation and living into it. Peace in our families, peace in our communities, peace in our schools, peace in our neighbourhoods, peace in our workplaces, peace in our church, peace in your home. The kind of peace that fosters the best in people, the kind of peace that will cause you to be a blessing, We need the Lord as our guide, the Prince of Peace, directing us on the path of peace. So during this season of Advent, for the sake of peace, I encourage us us all to take real concrete steps where we can to heal division and alienation and broken relationships, maybe in our family or community or the world, if we have the courage to do so. You know, it only takes one step on that path of peace. It might be being humble and making an apology. Think about it, whether that applies to us. We need to believe that we can be part of God's dream of peace on earth and goodwill. So this Christmas, understand who Christ is and what he has done, receive the gift of peace and be a peacemaker. We can live into that peace offered by Christ. What are you going to do about it? We have the opportunity now in our time of prayer and using our response cards to write your response to this whole message of peace. Do you need to receive God's gift of peace in a fresh way today? What does it mean for you that Christ is your peace? What difference do you hope it will make in your life? How can you be a peacemaker? Is there a specific situation which you can do something about to bring reconciliation?
you have the opportunity to pray about your response and write it on the response card. There will be some music playing, which I didn't choose, so um, put, if you put something on. And then as we sing our last song, David will walk around and collect the response cards. But can I lead you in prayer as we prepare to make our response to Jesus' gift of peace? Loving Lord, Prince of Peace, thank you that you have come into our world and into our lives. And there are so many times, Lord, in our own situations where we have experienced your gift of peace, calming our inner turmoil, calming our anxiety. And we know, Lord, around us there are many people searching for peace in all sorts of ways. But we know as your people that you are the source of true peace. And we pray that you would pour into our hearts the peace of Christ that passes all understanding and that will guard our minds and our hearts. Lord, embrace us as a community of your people with peace and then send us out as messengers of peace. Amen. Would you take time to make your response?